If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Comedy Bureau Field Report, everybody. This is Jake Kroger, uh, creator of the Comedy Bureau, and the host of the Comedy Bureau Field Report, a Believe podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V. Um, I just need to clarify every time because it hasn't changed yet. Uh, even though the name of the podcast is the Comedy Bureau Field Report because of the network, the search results will say believe in the comedy bureau field report and that is not the name of the podcast that is just how much this network loves itself so believe in that they've got a brand they've got to go for that branding oh yeah you won't forget the brand you'll never forget the brand (laughs) anyways um this is episode uh nine uh and i have yet another Fantastic guest, uh, a person I've known for the entirety of my uh, tenure in comedy, uh, someone who I think is uh, a, a, like a foundational person in the LA comedy scene and uh, someone who I find very, very funny and always enjoy seeing going on stage. Um, and the many shows that she's uh, run, and uh, even when she's humping a tiny stool. Uh, give it up the for Barbara. The tiny stool is my child. I hump the regular size stool, but the okay. tiny stool is my kid. So don't, I'm not a pet, I'm not committing <laughs> incest. Let's get this right. Um, thank you, hi. Hi, uh, hi Barbara, sorry for that. Uh, yeah, let, let the record stand that uh, Barbara had, uh, Humps an adult stool, and yes. uh, has births a, a a a stool called Stu, right? Yes, the stool is his name is Stu Ool, the adult stool. Yeah, and then we have a kid and I a tiny stool. Yeah, well, here's the thing. You know, we've been in lockdown for over two months, and you know, me remember the intricacies of bits is sadly is, is just maybe a <laughs> no. That's a little a, bit. I mean the fact that you I forget everything I see ever. So don't worry yeah. about it. Oh, I mean that's just part of my gig that I made for myself is remembering tiny bits and tags and be like, wait, I did that. That's what. I am one of those people who like as soon I forget it const- like immediately as soon as it. Yeah. that leaves my lips i don't know what happened yeah and i just feel like i don't know uh, every so many people that i love and find so funny they do so many things that it, like i want you to do do that again and anytime i bring it up they're like 
oh man, that is funny. I, why did I forget to do that? Like Eddie Pepitone, he a long time ago used to do this Arclight Usher character where he'd like pretend, you know, to be that person introducing a movie at Arclight, but in the middle of being like, all right, so this, you know, you're about to watch The Hangover 3, not a real movie. If you want to watch a real movie, you should have, I'm so sorry. You really paid good money to see this movie. So, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And anytime I bring that up to Eddie, he like forgets. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like with people, like certain people who are just kind of a stream of consciousness, it's very hard for them to like remember what the fuck was. Yeah. They're so in the moment. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be a pain in the ass, but it'd almost be worth it to just like record everything. I know, but then you're, what do you listen to it? I mean, that's never happening. I've recorded, I mean, I've, you know, 10 years worth of sets recorded and I think I've listened to like five. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, it's a lot of, I don't know. I feel like maybe that's just, you know, an unfortunate necessity, depending on what your process is. Like I know some people, they like write and write and write or record and record and record. And then they just set a, a like two weeks aside and they just go right. through everything. And see what oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's some, it's one of those things that like in quarantine, there's so many like goals I had in quarantine that I thought I would maybe get to. And it's just absolutely none of them. Have been, <laughs> I think. Which is fine. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The idea that you need to write King Lear or like, you know, write your spec script or whatever. I mean, if you want to do that and you are doing it cool, but if, what you need to get through this is like play Animal Crossing and just stay high. Also cool. I know, but I feel like the people who are writing are the people who, I think I've always been the person to get high and play Animal Crossing and right. hence have not gotten a writing job yet. And I think the people who are doing that ready, writing King Lear are the ones getting right. it. Well, I'm not necessarily writing King Lear, but I'm definitely as productive as I've ever been in my life. And I will just tell you that I do all those things to not jump off a ledge. <laughs> so I'm just Yeah, like, well, you got to balance it out with the other things, of course. Yeah, I mean, because uh, I just need, like I, as a person who would go out all every single night and like yeah. watch so much comedy and do so much work, like all that energy has like nowhere to go now. Yeah, it's very strange. It's a very strange yeah. glitch. Um, otherwise, uh, how how has your time in quarantine been? How are you now? Are you you're quarantined in Silver Lake still? I'm in Silver Lake. Yeah, I'm in the same place I've been in forever. Um, I'm good. You know, I've got yeah, my roommate Ryan County who's a comic, and then my boyfriend moved in. It was like we kind of he started quarantining here and then it was just like, well, I might as well just, you know, move in. So that happened and um, it's been pretty good. You know, lucky we have enough space that we all kind of have enough like room for ourselves. And yeah. I mean, but yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be too hard on myself, but I'm also kind of like, okay. I mean, my goal, this is so fucking annoying, but I recorded a comedy album like two years ago almost. Mm -hmm. And my goal was to finish it in quarantine because I like, really wanted to edit a bunch of stuff and that tiny stool bit I wanted to add some VO on because mm -hmm. it's such a physical bit I was like no one's gonna know what the hell this is going on right so I got Eric DeDorian to do this like voiceover but I've really been lagging on it and it's like my if, if I get that done in quarantine I'll be happy I just that's like my only thing I need to accomplish basically yeah. 
I get that. I, I feel like you'll probably get it done. It just, you know, I think as a whole, everything is just taking a lot longer. And that's not necessarily anybody's fault. It just, that's what it is. Right. And I'm also like balancing out with, you know, I'm working out and I'm taking like my time to make dinner and stuff like that. It's the healthy mm-hmm. things that are good for you. So it's not yeah. like I'm kind of like wasting all my time, but I also have watched like eight seasons of Survivor. So I don't know. <laughs> We're just getting through it any way we can. I mean, comedy quarantine has really been helpful for sure. Right. I feel like I would be in a much worse place if I didn't have that. So that's been really nice. Um, yeah. Shout out to comedy quarantine, which uh, I think is probably for my money, the best daily live stream comedy show that's around. <laughs> and it's as the, the comedy girl, one, right? huh? <laughs> I was like, it's the only daily comedy show. It's not true. Like, oh, really? Oh, okay. I didn't know. No. Um, yeah. We, we do it. You know, Teresa Lee had the idea to do like a um, a uh, charity one with a bunch of comics. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of teamed up and then Sam Varela got in there to book it. And it went well. And we we're like, yeah, let's just fuck it. Let's just do it Monday through Friday. Like every night have a show that's less than an hour because Instagram cuts you off at an hour, an hour, right. which has been great, actually, because I think having it less than an hour makes it like way more doable. You know, I wouldn't want it to be any longer than that. Yeah, I think if you have over 20,000 followers, though, they let you go longer. Oh, really? Oh, that's good to know. I mean, I don't want to, though, honestly, because that's, like, exhausting. It is exhausting. You feel like you're bombing because you're just no – there's no reaction. There's no laughs. Right. So the energy it takes – it takes a lot. It takes an – it's like you're speaking to a dead crowd. So I'm, like, tap dancing the whole time, like, trying to be extra, like, energetic and extra on my shit. So – afterwards i'm like drained and i just have to like sit and you know i can't really do anything after so it's been really interesting because it's uh, um very exhausting but but really really great and like yeah. the shows are super fun and just really good lineups and yeah i get to see comics who you know i don't know city as so i get to see them and it's been yeah nice. and i would i would give you guys uh big props for bringing some production value to an instagram live stream right yeah it yeah, like, we kind of do the cards with everyone's names and try to, like, make it as nice as we can. Yeah, instead of, like, making it feel like, oh, these are just two faces, like, talking at each other, which is, like, <laughs> the majority of... Yeah, whenever you stumble into a live stream, you're like, oh, God, what have I done? Yeah, and then I saw, just today, um, I saw somebody try to do Zoom in an Instagram live stream. Oh, and it, really? Yeah, it didn't work that well. What it so because I know Zoom will will like broadcast out to a lot of different things. So it, they were doing it from Zoom and it was like sending it to Instagram. Yeah, there was this weird overlay, uh, and then they had like two different Zoom windows that oh, would oh, that, like were stacked on top of each other so they could fit the Instagram live frame. But yeah. what the prop like? It, I mean, that looked nice, but it just kept glitching in a way that I wouldn't see on like Twitch or YouTube. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, I've done a few different kinds of the shows now, and it, it's, and we've definitely had glitches and problems on ours a few times, like, once a week, there will kind of be, like, a shitty show where we keep having issues, but mm-hmm. um, it just depends, yeah, it seemed, we kind of just got in the groove, and we were like, fuck it, we're just gonna do it this way, and, like, not, <laughs> we don't want to deal with, it seems like Twitch is a little easier as far as, like, interaction, and people can, like, tip directly there or whatever, but. Yeah. 
I mean, we found a good system and we're able to like, you know, usually give the comics a little bit of money, which has been really, really nice. So yeah. Um, yeah. Which I remember, I think on episode one or two of this podcast, uh, I was like, there are shows kind of like yours where like comics are getting money where they wouldn't have gotten it before. I know, honestly, it's been weird because I'm like, fuck, like I'm making, you know, better money doing this than I have in most. And I've been doing comedy in LA for a fucking decade. Yeah. And like, you're just used, it's just the deal with I like comedy. You drive all the way across town and do, you know, 10 minutes at a shitty bar show. And like, if you're lucky, you get a drink or two. Right. And I'm so used to that being my life. Right. And it definitely is kind of, it's going to be hard for me to do that now because I'm like, oh man, I'm like sitting in the corner of my bedroom and at least right. making like 20 bucks, hopefully, you know. Yeah. But so, I, I want to believe that like um, another part of it will be this sort of wake up call to people who watch comedy, audience members who perhaps they don't do it, that are like, oh, you guys needed money. Why didn't you say so? <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. I, people, I think, hopefully will understand it a little more now. And the support's been awesome. I mean, people have been really supportive. And yeah, you're just you know, these show, each of our shows gets at least 50 people, mm-hmm. like 50 to 100 people. And, you know, we, like in LA, if you run a show, you're like yeah. killing yourself to get 20 people in the door. So, yeah. so just to name uh, check a lot of your like space boners or one, two punch would be pretty packed with 50 or 60. Oh people. yeah. It would be awesome. packed to the gills, but yeah. so it's, um, it's really interesting. Yeah. Just getting access to people from all over the country, all over the world, you know, um, yeah makes you able to I don't know just kind of grow it a lot more but yeah I don't really know like what we're gonna do if things you know if people start going back if clubs open up or whatever I'm not mm-hmm. sure but I would think we would at least keep the show going once a week or something we haven't really discussed it yet, right but it'd be interesting to see what happens then I think live streaming is now uh inalienable part of entertainment um certainly as things roll back and like you know you have this limited capacity thing right of like 20 like We'll get into this more a little bit later, but like, uh, you know, some clubs that are opening up, they're like, oh, 25% capacity. That's not like financially viable unless you have like Tom Segura playing it and you can charge like an exorbitant amount. Totally. Yeah. You're not going to be able to, like, it's not going to, what's it going to be worth if you're charging five bucks a ticket or something? Yeah. But if you can get, if, if somebody could just figure out how to put a live camera feed into Zoom. Right where you could have high quality video and audio then yeah you're right that's sh- that is what it should be the improv or whoever should r- open back up and be able to just stream all their shows yeah i think because like it's already shown that there's like you know a lot of those like our our bedrock weekly stand-up shows hot tub or butterboy in new york cabernet cabaret they get more people watching on their live streams than they would ever be able to have in their venues Totally. And, and the only problem with that is that the, the only thing I've run into with comedy quarantine is that you are like a little like, oh, this is on the internet. So right. you do get like, you don't want some of your bits that you're working on to like be, you know what I mean? Be out right. there forever. So they would have to figure out something with that. But I do think, yeah, you're right. It's like if they could get a few and that would make it even better if you had some people in the audience laughing and then you still get to watch it. Like, Right. I think that that's a really good option. Hopefully somebody figures it out. Yeah. I think that, that, I mean, like, you know, so the improv and, and the flappers and they're like, I'm sure the store and the laugh factory, like a lot of the big clubs, they already have like cameras in the club. Right. Yeah. They film like every set. 
yeah and it's just a matter of like you know software of figuring out how to just like live stream it in a way that's you know it's been normal all right let's do that let's get rich jake let's figure out this software yes let's uh yeah do you know how to code barbara i don't i i do not but hey maybe i can learn yeah we have the time <laughs> Um, all right, I'm going to go so, through some quick like uh, headlines announcements and we'll get into some, uh, you know, more meaty stuff um, uh, really soon. But I just want to mention uh, these items really quick um, in the uh, last few days. Um, three Busy Debras on Adult Swim. Uh, that's Mitra Druhari, Sandy Honig, and Alyssa Stonaha's uh, absurdist <laughs> feminist satire show got renewed for season two. Uh, that's yeah. great. Um, if you haven't seen Three Busy Debras, uh, you should, and you can stream it all for free on adultsum.com. Um, the Simpsons uh, had, they moved their entire catalog yet again. I thought it was just going to live at FX for uh, X for a while, um, but now it's on Disney Plus, and apparently, it in moving into Disney Plus, they cut off. Um, some jokes because they switched the aspect ratio of the early seasons. Oh. So the early seasons are four by three and then they made it into 16 by nine. And so they stretched and cut out a lot of like the frame, which and the Simpsons are famous for a lot of those like little signs and stuff. Right. Yeah. You have to see, you have to see all of it to catch all those jokes. Yeah. So how did they, they fix it? Did they put a box around it or what'd they do? Um, I think, yeah, I think they did like a letterbox thing, but like vertically. Mm-hmm. Um, for, <laughs> you know, it's funny when I initially read that story, they were like, oh, it was the early seasons. And I looked up like when they actually started switching to HD for the Simpsons. And it's like, oh, the majority of the Simpsons is still four by three. <laughs> yeah. I, I rewatched, I was rewatching a bunch of it on, um, Disney and I didn't notice that but I think it was before they made that switch so yeah I did sound some jokes yeah and then yeah people are a little bit wider um anyways that is fixed now um because a bunch of people complained and rightfully so I mean you're cutting out jokes uh which is the only reason an aspect ratio story would make it uh into headlines um (laughs) Tuka and Birdie, uh, the uh, animated series that had its first season on Netflix, created by Lisa Hannawalt, um, has been revived for season two at Adult Swim. Um, you know, awesome. I... Everybody was really campaigning. Huh? Everybody was really campaigning for that, oh, so yeah. I'm really happy. Yeah. Um, I, had rem- I had only watched the first episode because, all right, well, full transparency, everybody. Because of what I do, I usually only get to watch the beginning of anything when it comes to TV. Right. Um, everybody just sends me a lot of stuff. And between your podcasts and sketches and short films and albums and specials, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of time on my hands. So, right. Uh, but now in quarantine, I do. And <laughs> I watched all of season one of Toucan Birdie. It was really, really great. And I would actually say, it, in ways, it's kind of bolder than. Um, Bojack Horseman. Bojack? Lisa started uh, 
you know, as like an animation director, artistic director. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly. Still- I actually haven't seen it. I need to watch it. I don't see any. T- I'm like a useless TV person. Like I said, I've watched eight seasons of Survivor. Um, <laughs> but I am really happy about it. And I'm interested. I need to watch it, and also be interesting to see if anything changes when it goes to Adult Swim. You know. Yeah. It is uh, definitely like uh, like. I mean, what's weird, uh, yeah, I wonder if it'll get to get bolder or have to rail it back because there's like animated nudity in Two Gun and Birdie. Exactly. Yeah. So also, is it half or half an hour or whatever, quote unquote, on Netflix? Are they going to have to shorten it? Yeah, it's a half hour on Netflix. And uh, I w- yeah, I'm curious. I wouldn't be bothered if it was like a 15 minute show, but. Um, I think like most shows can be like accomplished in 15 minutes. I mean a little different than what you're used to but yeah especially with kind of bizarre shows you can figure it out yeah um have you watched quibi at all i have not even though i downloaded i haven't i really like my only stake in quibi is that i have friends who are writing for you know got sold shows and stuff and i'm i like want them to succeed i guess which is i should i should actually download it or whatever no (laughs) i have not done any quibi i'm like i am like kind of useless i I don't like take in enough media that I should. It it can be overwhelming. Sometimes I feel like I just, it's the syllabus that we have after college that we have to like watch all this stuff and you're not like a human unless you do, you know, like, oh, this week we were supposed to watch The Last Dance. Oh man, I'm so behind. I guess I don't get to talk to people. Totally. I only, yeah, I get in those things once in a while. Like I watched Tiger King even though it was just like a weird show about shitty people and I guess it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I know what these memes are about, you know, but it feels like you lose that one. Yeah, you miss that window really fast. Right. Um, so one more uh, quick announcement of what we do in the shadows, which has certainly been one of my favorite shows over the last um, year, uh, adapted from the Taika Waititi and Jemaine Clement, uh, Clement movie. Um, Jemaine Clement? Clement, all right. <laughs> I fucked it up the first time, and then I overcorrected, and now I don't know if I want to give it a third it's shot. It's late, everybody. We're tired. It's late. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, Jermaine Clement. I think I got it right. <laughs> I have. I need to see the show, because we just rewatched the movie in order to set us up for the show, mm-hmm. and I'm such a huge Matt Berry fan. I can't believe that I haven't watched it yet. It you will love it so much. It is, it it pulls off this rare thing that, of like a TV show being adapted from a movie where it gets to stand on its own, but it like like honors the spirit of the movie, and it invites like new elements and characters and storylines that like is totally separate from the movie. Oh God, yeah, I gotta see that. That's I gotta take Survivor off. But we can't watch it anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Putting all these shows down instead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what we do in the shadows is renewed for season three at FX. Uh, certainly, yeah, one of the best comedies and uh, my favorite vampires in the last, like, group of vampires in the last uh, few years, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I know you said you, you're, like, useless because you haven't been watching TV or whatever, but has there been any new comedy of any kind that you've uh, watched, listened to, read, whatever? that you'd like to recommend and it could be old too okay i'm just not a it's so funny i'm just not a super i mean i love comedy so what am i talking about i can't can't really like think though 
I've just really been watching like um I just I really am having nostalgia lately for like 80s era early 90s like TV so we have these weird free channels on my on my TV that like show you just like old shitty shows and I've just been watching like bad movies and old bad TV so I'm just like laughing at them from a standpoint of they're not trying to be funny but they are hilarious you know what's your favorite of that group um, like, what is it called there is this I like calling those show things called, best worst you know yeah I texted it to my friend hold on let me look it up and especially like you know speaking of Matt Berry like I'm a huge Garth Marenghi fan and mm -hmm. it's it's definitely a show that you're like oh god this is it just has every trope down and like you know, it's amazingly like '80s and ridiculous. So I really love it. Um, what is it called? Let's see. Oh, Tropical Heat. Tropical Heat. <laughs> <laughs> Even the name is like ridiculous. So. Wow. That I think is... there's episodes on YouTube, so I recommend Tropical Heat if you want to see like a very well done. Yeah. Like, like there was one I watched recently where there was a waiter. The guy like went to get the order from the guy at the table and the waiter's like great and then he just <laughs> under his uh his tray he just has a gun and he pulls it out and shoots the guy like it's just really over the top and wow no not even like a cool like one-liner just like great no i don't even think he had one which was so disappointing but <laughs> so i'm just kind of like sitting down in my living room cackling at that shit right now basically that's my cackling all right that i mean hey that's fun um yeah <laughs> Tropical Heat. That sounds like a show that would be a parody of an 80s like action series couched in like a comedy. Like it would be a fictional. It, yeah, it sounds fake. It's like such a ridiculous name that it sounds fake. Yeah. Um, man. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Um, well, my recommendations are going to be uh, two things. Um, by the time this comes out, uh, it will have already started streaming, but Hannah Gatsby's latest special, Douglas, uh, will be on Netflix. Um, you know, her first special, uh, Nanette. Um, I mean, whether you love it or hate it is a groundbreaking uh, piece of comedy that yeah. will forever, like, you know, have, like, like be a milestone it'll be like a like a point on the comedy history timeline mm -hmm. uh i'm sure it'll have its own exhibit in the national comedy center which will any of us ever go to that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm imagining the national comedy center being like um when we're all old being like when they open that baseball women's baseball thing at the end of a league of their own yeah and we're all like coming through singing some weird shitty song we've made i mean yeah. that song's great but right you know, uh, we're all like let's go girls bam bam or something <laughs> yeah or uh, it'll it'll be a throwback to like our our uh let's say salad days and you just throw one of your dance like you're trying to recreate a dance party at silver lake lounge that you used to oh man that sounds exactly like something i would be doing <laughs> yeah um, which because i actually am doing dance parties in quarantine as well um, on my instagram on fridays awesome. and it's been a lot of fun. We've made a we made a dive bar in my house. Um, oh so right, yeah. I'm pretty much living the exact same. I've not grown up or changed. <laughs> hey, that's if you can get any semblance of normalcy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
that am, I dress up every day, wear a hat. Do most people get to see my outfits outside of Instagram? No, they don't. But yeah, exactly. And yeah. I mean, I'm, we're going to continue. We're going to keep it going even after quarantine because it's pretty cool. We've, we've yeah. made a pretty sweet little. Uh, yeah, I think there there's a lot of things that people have figured out that I think will and should stick around and uh, I don't know, at the very least, like somehow weave their way into like live stuff. Even the idea, you know, I was just thinking of this, you know, people doing comedy live streamed, um, how if like they figured out how to do a set on Zoom that works really well, like, I don't know if that would work in front of a live audience, but maybe screen it as a sketch and just like oh, use yeah. it to the side and make fun of yourself like on Zoom. That's a good idea. Yeah. I think that could be like a thing because I mean, a lot of people have resorted to show and tell and prop comedy. Yes. It's a lot of like, let's take a tour of my house. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that could be fun to make fun of. Um, Anyhow. uh, Yeah. Hannah Gatsby's uh, Douglas, uh, which, you know, I'm sure will be, de facto one of the most talked about specials of the year just because of, of course the follow-up yeah you, it's gonna be really interesting yeah um so you guys should watch that uh nate craig he released an album uh a while ago called Prefer- preferred customer and it now uh just as of memorial day this week uh on monday he released the special version of that uh he had it all taped uh it was taped at dynasty typewriter and uh, that album has probably my favorite opening to an album of any album I've ever heard. Because oh he does this like greeting oh to God. like all of the world, like one by one. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's recorded separately. At, it's recorded live at the thing where this is like a special intro. No, he, so he recorded the, the, whole thing at dynasty typewriter and then he only released it as an album and then he had the video and it was just like sitting on it and uh he opted to release it uh and you can stream on youtube uh, right now so you should just oh awesome i love him yeah i need to check that out yeah nick craig is i mean as far as like i mean when you when you think of like like true like crafted sort of i mean i i yes. like don't want to say traditional because it's not traditional but it's like like classical stand-up like it, it i think he's just so good at that yeah i mean um, he's one of those people who you do shows with him and he's got his bits typed out mm-hmm. and he's reading over them over and over and over and like that's i yeah. you know i feel like that's the type of thing I'm like oh if i put that much work in maybe i wouldn't <laughs> just be like Forgetting half the shit half the time. He really puts the work in. Right. Um, so that is sort of my recommendations. And on to some uh, bigger stories. Um, so even though we're quarantined in LA and in California, we're not really allowed to uh, engage in entertainment venues and gather to watch live shows. Uh, a lot of the country is doing otherwise. Um, as their governors, you know, think, you know, it's not as big of a deal. Um, and so comedy clubs have started opening up around the country, namely uh, Texas, the Addison Improv uh, over there, um, uh, Kansas City Comedy Club, um, Salt Lake City, 
uh, has Wise Guys, uh, which you've played Wise Guys, right, Barbara? Yeah. Um, I have. I yeah. I mean, I'm I was raised in Salt Lake, so I'll do it when I go back. It's a good club. Yeah. I didn't realize they were opening. Yeah. Um, well, that's yeah. I mean, that's the I, because every state is running everything differently. Right. It's really hard to keep track of all of this. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, I've heard so many stories of like what's going on in Arizona and how people are just kind of doing whatever. Um, so there are comedy clubs in Arizona that are reopening. Um, I did a show recently where the the guy said, you know, uh, there are casinos in Vegas that their comedy clubs that are attached to the casinos are saying be on standby. Um, but the the you know there's already sort of like uh this blueprint here that we're getting to see will it be what we go with going forward who knows but um definitely uh temp taking your temperature as, as part of the staff or uh as a customer is going to be a part of it um 25 to 33 percent capacity in the showroom is kind of what is happening um, people having to wear face masks. Um, what do you make of all of this? What do you What do you think? I mean, it's gonna be fucking bizarre. I mean, I'm just thinking like beyond the risks of it, which I don't really agree. I think people should we should still be waiting out because I don't think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't want to see every fucking comedy club go under either. So I understand why they have to do. It. You know, it's like a really I, I'm really nervous for small businesses and what this means for them. So, like, I understand trying to come back. Um, right. But I don't know. I just, I mean, as I do like that, like, I would love, because, you know, if you're, like, a, a attendee at a fucking uh, comedy show and they just stick you wherever, right. you know, you, you don't ha- get to choose where you sit. Right. So you have to, like, be up against, like, some stranger half the time. Right. And, like, I do love that you don't have to sit next to anyone. <laughs> right. But I don't know. I mean, I think overall it's fucking stupid and they should wait it out. Um, yeah. It's... But who are the <sighs> comics like, that are... Do they have any comics listed that are going to do this? Yeah. Um, so, well, that's the thing. Like, shows have already happened. Um, Jeff Dye was one of them. Dusty Slay. Uh, Bent Washburn. Um, Ben Washburn, he actually liked to get to his gig in Salt Lake City. He, um, you know, because flying's dangerous right now. Right. He drove. Which I think that's going to be bad. like, that's going to be a part of it if you're going to choose to do the road, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand, like, as a comic, I do, I understand that, like, obviously we really miss doing comedy. I mean, that's number one. But also, mm-hmm. like, the instinct as like a performer to perform in these really weird conditions that you've never performed in before and kind of like to ruminate on like what it feels like with everybody because if everything gets back to quote normal in like a year and there aren't masks and it is that you know Mm -hmm. you're gonna we're obviously gonna talk about this thing that happened in the past but like going into a club where everyone's wearing masks and you're like it does the comic have to wear a mask no right well, yeah, that's the thing is um, it's hard to talk through a mask into a mic. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just I, think it's, it's, I understand their instinct as like wanting to, you know, experience that, but yeah. I still, my overall opinion is that it's stupid. 
what would yeah i i concur what would it take for you to get back into or like considering going into a club like i mean does it is it a matter of like well first it would take them booking me that would be number one (laughs) yes you have to actually book me first Um, barbara gray everybody she's very very funny (laughs) i'm hey i'm available no uh I think, I don't know. I honestly, like, I kind of avoided thinking about this because I don't want to admit how long it could actually be before I would be in a, you know, perform on stage again. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, I don't know. I guess if they do all this stuff and it seems like they're putting enough precautions in and people aren't getting sick, then I would Mm -hmm. consider it after, like, two months of them doing these things. Uh, Yeah, I think that's going to be a big like there's going to be a big waiting period to see like yeah i'm gonna let other idiots test see what happens to them first but um i mean i would think like not till a vaccine but is are we not going to get a vaccine for another year i don't know so you know yeah we don't know it depends on yeah (laughs) if you ask (laughs) if you ask certain old people who uh swing on a certain side of the political fence they they think that uh, a vaccine is going to be here by the beginning of the fall so right which doesn't seem possible from everything we've heard. So, yeah, yeah, it's I don't know. I don't know what would get me out back out there right now. Right. But. Do you do you think like so? You know, we talked about earlier of like the audience like um, being live streamed in. Do you think it maybe would work the other way around, where you via a screen like zoomed into the live crowd? Oh, that's interesting. I think that would work if you could hear them, yeah. Yeah, because I think that has been done poorly in the past before the pandemic, where like people would try to yeah, Skype in. Remember that? that show, was that Ian Abramson? Oh yeah, no, the, the Seven Minutes show. in Purgatory. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, where you'd be put, you'd be sequestered in like a green room or a truck. And right. yeah, I mean, that's essentially what comedy is right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, except for the, it's funny to have the audience be together and the comic not be there. So I don't really know what, if that's, it's only definitely removing one person from the situation, right? So I don't think right, right. Um, well, it's a different. I mean, I've been, uh, you know, in kind of surveying the landscape. Certainly on Instagram, you can't really hear people laugh. You can see um, hearts, you know, go up yeah. on the edge right there. Um, on Cabaret, they do their show on Zoom every other Sunday and they almost get 300 people every time. That's great. Um, and they keep like a select group of people unmuted. I think that mostly right, are right. the show. And I think that helps. Um, yeah. The Zoom show, it's been, when Zoom shows work well, they, they are good for that reason. Yeah. yeah. You kind of get that feeling of people laughing and stuff like that. Um, Have you done um, Kohl's? Like it's this uh, bar in Chicago, Kohl's bar. And they have like, you know, a big, a fairly popular open mic. Um, and they, Oh, yeah, I've done the mic before, but I didn't know they were doing... Yeah, they're doing a Zoom uh, weekly mic, and I went to it, and it felt like, it felt like a good, like a solid open mic, where there was a bunch of, like, really funny people, and the vibe and the energy was there, but they, so they muted everybody, and what they want you to do to signal that you're laughing is, like, motion, rather than, like, laugh, Uh, they want you to do, like, jazz hands, which seems so (laughs) stupid at first. It seems so dumb. It seems so dumb. But after like two comics, you get used to it. That's interesting. Wow, I gotta go. I have to check that out. Yeah, and so I mean, yeah, that's 
how the hearts have been functioning as on Instagram and luckily on our show like there is at least one person laughing because the host is watching and kind of like laughing and you know right. the person's set but I don't even know what it would be like to be in front of a crowd again like it's such a bizarre right I'd be so overwhelmed I think by like the energy because I really feed off of that energy I mean like all comics do but um yeah. I think um crazy I I think it's gonna be like anytime any of us have had like even like a two-week break of like yeah. for whatever reason I, I and may I mean tell me if you've had this experience it's like an out-of-body sort of thing where you get back on stage like oh I know how this works and like I know my jokes but like you're just kind of going through the steps like right I like take the mic out of the mic stand and I say like I greet the crowd and like you just go like why don't I just automatically do all of this you know it's yeah yeah. yeah, you're like autopilot. I know it's gonna be, I don't know, so weird. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm hoping some people will, will quit, but I bet even more people will start or some bullshit. They'll probably be like, now's my time to live. And you're like, no. <laughs> well, you know, I think actually what will happen is there are people who are starting that um, when they get to do an in person open mic, they're gonna have a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm sure that's true. It's been funny, the people we get messages for on comedy quarantine to like do the show. People think it's an open mic or there's like every show, there's this girl that comes into the chat and her name's like Abby. Mm -hmm. And she goes, hello, I have a joke every time. And she always requests to share this to get on. Right. And I've looked at her profile and it looks like she's like a 14 year old girl. Oh, and man. I'm like, I'm not going to share the screen with you, but like, who is this weird person trying like it's so it's making me laugh really hard because I don't know if it's just a troll or something. Wait, but is her her name's Abby? I don't know, maybe Abby will succeed. Wow, I well, I was almost a, so there before lockdown there was um this comic named Odie who's like on like I think she's like eighteen or whatever, mm -hmm. and she was going around open mics in L.A. with her mom, and like her mom would sit right up front and like film her on oh, her like camera on her phone and uh it was like and she would kind of do somewhat blue material and it would make us all feel very uncomfortable because <laughs> we it was very clear that it was her mom right yeah was it like on purpose it was like a bit that her you mom know was there? none of us were able to figure that out because she would always <laughs> leave right after her set <laughs> interesting yeah. i mean you know what i can get behind it because it's like the other option is just going straight to TikTok, and I do like that, you know, obviously I'm an old school, like, hey, you gotta put in the time at the open mic, so if that's the way you wanna do it, that's fine with me. Uh, speaking of open mics, um, I uh, there there are people that are uh, trying to, uh, as clubs are doing, um, doing in-person open mics before um, they're allowed to, before they're legally, uh, uh, you know, encouraged to do so. Um, yeah, certainly I've gotten uh, emails about uh, listing at the Comedy Bureau uh, an open mic that uh, is happening in person most days of the week. Um, I'm not going to say... Most, not just a one-week thing? Huh? 
it's not just a once a week thing. It's most days. No. So, I mean, um, as, as a little bit of context, uh, for the last couple of years, a new trend in open mics, um, and I can only speak maybe for LA. I don't know if this is the, a thing in New York. Uh, where, yeah, yeah, people do these sort of hourly mics uh, where somebody, a comic usually, will uh, lease a space. Uh, it, it might be in a strip mall. It might be in an office building, what have you. But it's just like a room. And then they convert it into uh, kind of like a very, very tiny venue uh, that has like a mic, a mic stand, some chairs. And they just have an open mic every hour on the hour all day long uh, for seven days a week. Um, so for those uh, unfamiliar, there are places called like Fourth Wall and Burt's that kind of popularize this. And uh, basically they have gotten a lot of success off of asking comics, is it worth $5 for you to yeah. only wait an hour, know that you're only going to have to watch. Yeah, you have to stay for the whole hour. That's the thing. Yeah, but you know you'll get up, you know when you'll get up, you know that you're going to get five minutes as opposed to like, you know, back... <laughs> God, yeah. here we are on a comedy podcast, and I'm like, back in our day, um, <laughs> you know, Wes Rebrucco, you would go and just not get up sometimes. Right. You could, Yeah, and you could wait for like four hours and not get pulled. So Yeah, or you go last, and then uh, the hosts make fun of you while two people don't <laughs> laugh at your three minutes that you desperately slaved over. And that was a rite of passage, okay? And that was what you had to do. Yeah. Uh, and now your rite of passage is getting heckled by, you know, uh, racists from around the world on Zoom. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, they, um, there are people that uh, uh, they do these, the, these hourly mics and it's kind of become like a fixture of the scene. You know, you love it or hate it. It's just part of it. You can choose to engage with it. You choose not to. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've never been to any of them. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been to most of them, and there is some utility to be had. But I definitely get a sense that, like, if you're going to those with the idea of like checking off another hour in your ten thousand hours of comedy to get mastered, right? <laughs> you're not going to get good. <laughs> no, no. You if you're solely going there, you're not going to get good. I can get that if you're like desperate to run a set or whatever the fuck. But yeah. Yeah, but I think that's uh, some people just have that attitude, like uh, of not really focusing on their craft and like, oh, I just got to keep doing it, keep doing it. I'm like, yes, you got to keep doing it, but also part of you keeping doing it is like really taking stock on, hey, um, no one's really laughed at the same set for like two months. Maybe <laughs> I should change something. Just maybe. Yeah, and so, anyways, one of these rooms, um, and I again, I won't say exactly where or who it is. Um, messaged me about uh, doing like listing their mic on the comedy bureau, and uh, you know, kind of got a little little out of hand, and so I want to read this first oh, email and just kind of go through our correspondence here because uh, it's um, you know, in a manner of speaking, it's fun. Um, so it starts like this, uh, I'm direct violation of the fascist governor's orders. That's how it opens. <laughs> so wait, this is after, wait, set up. So this is after they emailed you and you were like, no, I'm not going to list this. No, this is opening email. Okay. okay. This is the first opening email. email. Okay, no greeting, by the way. 
No, like, hi, comedy hero, or hey, Jake. <laughs> no, literally, I'm direct violation of the fascist governor's orders. Um, yeah, and I'm not going to correct any of the grammar here. We need to say no. uh, slotted. Uh, slotted is like an online sign-up form that a lot of these mics use. Slotted is opening back up next week and will be up at 5 p.m. today. Next week, mics are the following. Uh, Monday through Saturday, 5 through 8. Uh, Sunday, 2 p.m. feedback mic. These are regular hours moving forward. And here's an important part. We are taking common sense precautions. Thanks. And uh, he did not outline what those common sense precautions were. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, uh, as, as like a uh, self-made bureaucracy, I like to, uh, you know, maintain a sense of diplomacy and uh, being courteous and whatnot. So I responded, uh, glad to hear from you. So what precautions exactly are you taking going into tomorrow? Uh, also, are you aware of the orders versus guidelines right now down uh, where you are? Uh, I'll look into, uh, look into it myself as well but I'm definitely concerned for people's safety and not being responsible. Um, I know Mayor Garcetti has LA sheltered until um, May 15th at the time of this email, but that might change. And as to what that exactly means, that has yet to be announced. So, so let me know when you get a chance. And uh, are you ready for his response? Oh my God, I'm so ready. All right, again, no greeting. I just want to stress that, that I mean, this is where this guy's at. Yeah. Um, I care not about the fascistic guidelines. Fascist is the correct adjective, but you know, he wants to be emphatic, so I get it. I have a lawyer and a bail bondsman, and he capitalized the A. So it actually reads, I have a lawyer and a, buy, a, a bail bondsman is one of my best friends, both aware and advising me on, on speed dial. Says speed dial anymore. I know, right? Um, you know, yeah. so, someone who's of the age that might have this opinion, perhaps. <laughs> uh, I'm down to go to jail if that's what happens. I'll be out in ten minutes. Only precautions is I'm disinfecting surfaces surfaces between each hour. There will be no audience members, only participating comics limited to 10 people in the room an hour. Masks are not and that's required. also what would only be happening anyway. There's no audience anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, no, I would never tell people to go to these sort of open, I would never tell people to go to an open mic in general. I mean, if no, you're- No, but especially not this. No. Um, <laughs> masks are not required uh, because I'm not an idiot and no, it is not doing anything. Let's cool. let that sink in. <laughs> cool, uh, cool. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Social distancing is by choice. Uh, grown adults can assess the risks and make their own decisions. I have a ton of support and a ton of haters. It doesn't matter. That's my take. Many disagree. I do not give a shit. This is a ship I go down with. I'm <laughs> all right. You ready for this next sentence? This is like, keep in mind, this is a guy just wanting to run an open mic that even before pandemic times would only allow 10 people anyway. This is what he's <laughs> fighting for. This is, this is, so he writes, I'm standing up for my rights as an American and the rights of others. Thanks wow. Well, what a patriot. Okay. Yep. Can we yep. just admit it? Mm-hmm. 
like yeah. we said, this is he's going to die for this shitty open mic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for the reply. Have a great day. And so, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I'm definitely, I'm not going to list this guy's mic, but I, I definitely at least want to give him some closure. So I respond, sorry for getting back to you just now. I understand your frustrations with the lockdown, but I'm personally not confident and reassured enough at this time that gathering for shows and mics in person is a good idea. While I'm all for encouraging people to do shows and mics underground without a pandemic happen, uh, pandemic happening, the circumstances we live in now leave me unsure. It pains me to see live comedy not happen in person for all this time, but I don't take the responsibility of the Comedy Bureau lightly and don't want to have people take risks at times that they don't need to. Um, as the world has a better grasp on the virus and things reopen, I definitely want to be there for the scene to let people know where they can go do comedy person in person. Hopefully that time is coming relatively soon. And uh, this is his... You know, it was a very, very nice, much nicer than I would have been in that response. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to kill them with kindness, but certainly, um, you know, he's gonna come off uh, like not, yeah, bad, great. Uh, he has this one last thing before he wrote this mean thing on Instagram that I think he deleted, but uh, whatever. <laughs> so he starts off. We actually get a greeting this time, sort of. Um, wow. <laughs> period. I'm doing a live open mic at least five days a week. People can make risk assessments on their own. There is misspelled. You can either do what you do, which is let people know what exists, what that it exists or not, by not supporting what I'm doing and leaving it up to individuals to assess their own risk and make those decisions. You are being tyrannical. <laughs> you list things on a website is your choice. Okay. Yeah, I'm a tyrant for that. Um, yeah. It's disappointing that you to, that you see yourself as some authority that can assess what is safe and unsafe instead of just presenting the available comedy options to people as you should be. This is happening and you are doing the comedy community a disservice by not mentioning it. This has been thoroughly noted. Oh, okay. Very threatening. It's an email, an email man. It's all noted. Um, I will never... I didn't CC his lawyer and bail bondsman friend. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm going to put him in free speech jail. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, I will never email you again or respect what you do. Glad to know what you're truly all about. I had no idea you were an epidemiologist. Oh my God. Wow. Wow. You know, I mean, it's, you know, we don't, I don't like to perpetuate the stereotype that uh, there's a, a, a wave of mental illness in the comedy community, but there is certainly a reason that that stereotype exists. And uh, this pandemic has really brought that to light. Well, uh, I mean, if, but then, like, you know, a shitload of people in our country have that exact exact same mental illness where they just think that they can do whatever the fuck they want and nothing applies to them. So I don't yeah. know what that is. Yeah, it sucks. Um, so Anyway, finished. though, I mean, I just, like, am curious, like, what the, de you know, just hit me up later and tell me what those details are because I just, like, Oh, yeah, you know, for sure, for just, sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to, like, go. I just, like, you know, just, like, want to know. Yeah, because he didn't, like, block me on anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's like secretly holding out hope he finishes out uh goodbye please don't ever mention my mic on your website ever again ever bye wow now he's trying to nag you into mentioning it oh yeah and then yeah like i said he added this uh he posted on all three instagram accounts that he runs for himself his mic and uh something else i think it's podcast 
And uh, it was all the same thing that basically screen capped my email and then saying how like, uh, I'm like a tyrant and uh, he included an emoji of middle finger to me. And uh, yeah. Did he tag you in it or you just saw it? Oh, he tagged me in it. <laughs> what a freaking tool. Yeah, what a freaking tool. When it's just like, I mean, my one, I didn't call myself an epidemiologist. I mean, I'm just trying to say like, hey, I don't really know anything. And it's, it's, it's a pandemic, dude. What do you want? I mean, can you imagine, of course, he's talking about people putting themselves at risk, but like, you're not putting anybody at risk, but like, you would obviously feel fucking horrible if for some reason somebody read that information on your website and got sick. Like, that's the last yeah. thing in the world you would ever want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't feel yeah confident enough that that because you know, who am I to know or say that like somebody is going to um, practice like the proper measures like by just me listing information? I don't know. Yeah, no, it's just not. I mean, it's not worth it for a million reasons, but yeah, yeah. Anyways, so that's what some people are doing. I mean, I will say, I kind of want to go sit outside and see who the fuck goes to that, because, yeah. wow. Maybe uh, maybe we can get somebody, if somebody listening uh, has, like, a drone with a camera, maybe we can... Yeah, we need some undercover drone. Yeah, we can care. just get a live feed into that mic. Um, It'll be like that photo shoot of Catherine O'Hara with the drones, but yeah. an open mic. Yeah, just the opposite of Catherine O'Hara, a bunch of schlubby people that are in hoodies that are obviously tired from protesting all day, because right. that's who's going to this. God. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I was uh, willing to kind of like uh, have a dialogue, but I, I don't think he wanted to have that. No, you were very open. He was yeah, looking for a fight, obviously. Yeah, so hopefully um, we'll have not a lot of that as things roll out forward, but we'll we'll have to just wait and see. Um, I mean, yeah, if I mean, any- what do you think as far as like what would you feel okay with as far as going to a show again or something? Well, I need some. I need like reassurance. Like one, you know, uh, I don't really want to like go against like 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 mandates and executive orders at this time um yeah especially if they're based on like science you know um like and as i was pointing out in the email like i'm all for like yeah doing underground shows at people's houses and like if people call noise ordinances go fuck those people but this is not the this time so I'm not really comfortable with that. So like um, I need like reassurance in like not only numbers that uh, were like the case numbers have like severely trended down, uh, but there um, is absolute reassurance on the part of the venue, which that what you heard read was not reassuring at all. Like you need to take into consideration not only social distancing and people wearing masks, but like, are people going to bring their own mic? Are you going to have rotating mics? Like, Mm. you know, is there going to be an entry hallway and an exit hallway? Or if you only have one hallway, you're going to have to take turns and you're going to have people coordinating that. And like, 
like if you're going to have drinks or not or food or not and that's its own separate nightmare and you know like if you're putting that level of thought into it okay maybe um you know and how are you distancing the audience and uh yeah i i want i mean i'm open to having that dialogue but definitely those a lot of those things need to be in place in addition to things like all all the measures that we have taken uh working in the sense that numbers have trended down and we've flattened the curve for me to like think about gathering and i'm saying that as somebody who truly hates being indoors and stuck inside like we have been and it's really really killing me and i like whatever friend of mine was like oh i read this piece in the atlantic or something like the atlantic where like oh we should have sympathy for the extra extroverts aren't they having a hard time and yeah we are (laughs) we (laughs) we really are (laughs) i no but i mean it's like yeah i'm not gonna yeah i just keep saying like i'm like i'm just gonna do my job and sit inside and like not (laughs) you know yeah that's, no, that's all I, do. not at all. This is not, and and, and uh, as Jackie Cation pointed out in the last episode, she um, mentioned this metaphor that she didn't come up with. It was from somebody else. Um, go listen to the last episode episode to see uh, who she referenced. But um, basically, she likened the whole situation to uh, there's a community pool and there's some poop in it, and um, you know. It's not like we don't want to get back in the pool. We all want to get back into the pool, uh, but there's also poop in it. So let's just get rid of the poop in the pool and then we can go back in. But then that there are a bunch of other people great. who are like, well, let's get herd immunity to the poop and it'll be fine. And they're like, no, it's poop in a pool. Or like, let's go stand in a different part of the pool and then the poop won't. And like, well, no, it doesn't work like that. There's still poop in the pool. It's still in the pool, y'all. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's a perfect way to look at it. Yeah. We all want the pool again, but it's just not going to work until the poop is out of it. Yeah. So, um, anyways. As somebody who poops in pools, I really like finally having like my, you know, being represented in, in an analogy like this. So that's really nice too. That's awesome. Anytime I can make anybody feel seen in every, any way that they need to feel seen. I mean, that's, to be honest, that's what I'm really missing out on is like, I just want to get back to these pools so I can poop already. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And I can't wait for the day where we, that is a news headline, that there is a serial pool poop. It, like that means that so much is going fine in the world that that takes over. Yeah, the- you're right. That's true. That'll be a headline to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like, I mean, obviously that thing that was happening in the Ozarks was a whole, whole I'm P fest. So. Yeah. Oh, and then wasn't there like um, a superintendent or a teacher who was like pooping on a high school track every morning and they like for years. <laughs> I'm that, Yeah. I think I do remember that. Yeah. Well, well, you'll have your day again. Thank <laughs> you. I, someday. It's all coming but back, safely. people. Yeah, it, it, it'll all come back. It's just when, we don't know. Um, the sort of last story here um, uh, that unfortunately we have to close on uh, today, um, as of this recording, uh, comedy, I'm not even going to limit it to a city, a comedy in general, uh, lost uh, Richard Bain, a very funny comedian, 
um yeah he passed away uh at the age of 37 i believe and uh he moved down from portland a few years ago to los angeles and was wait what no <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's, that's, man, that happened at every comedy eulogy, just going, getting a double take at the wrong detail. Wait, he got Conan? What? (laughs) Okay, sorry. I'm just obviously trying to. I, yeah, I understand. Yeah, um, the news. uh, Richard would like. Go um, gone was no yeah I was just trying to do something I thought Richard would do I mean that's what like Richard was like a very very uh, physical I mean he took a lot of risks that's one yeah. one of the big things that everybody was talking about like on their you know and they're like eulogizing him too. it's so weird too I mean it's been less than a day too so it feels really weird to stop talking about him in the past sense um, yeah because it was but like... he like he was one of those people like when Robin Williams died I was on tour and I remember being like really you know taken mm-hmm. aback and like right. wow like what can I learn from this as a comic you know or what can I try to take from this and the biggest thing I took was like go for it you know just like right. really yeah try it just really go for it and that night like yeah I really went I went real, real far on the fucking this little bit you know I just mm-hmm. I just I committed mm-hmm. and Richard is one of those people who like that's what I'd like to you know take from him passing is just like somebody who just committed so fully to everything and like just right. really found joy in uh in performing and like kind of just putting himself out there yeah i always enjoyed richard for the fact i mean he not only was he committed uh to going for it and like really like going quote unquote out there for bits i think he was kind of a rare bird in the sense that like he was a unabashedly silly comedian, like in a, kind of an era. And I, I'm not going to say it's necessarily bad or like the idea that I'm saying I'm guilty of this is not necessarily a reflection that this sort of comedy is bad, but there seems to be sort of a preponderance of people just kind of being truthful about their life and like telling stories from their life and like, Oh, this is what I'm going through. Isn't this funny? Um, and people just being like abstract or absurd or silly is more in the niche in the fringe and anybody that can commit to that and pull it off is like amazing and definitely i mean i wrote about this in the little piece that i wrote about him i like the way he the way richard like did this bit about saying barack obama's name um like a la that disturbed song just still makes me (laughs) every time i think about it yeah he i agree like it's rare these days to see a comic who is just pure silliness and it's really hard to pull off like that was just like the essence of who he was and um like as somebody who does personal material but also goofy stuff i've always kind of wished i could just like lean into that but it's very hard to do and like he it's really admirable that he could like fully yeah he wasn't even he wasn't being a character he's being himself but it was just like everything he said was just so out there and like you know right ridiculous but it was just like like this i don't know brilliance yeah and he was so i mean part of being able to pull that off is like being a person that doesn't really break and right was not only didn't break but he was just so grounded and calm like he would do like a crazy act out or whatever and then just kind of go back to one (laughs) totally yeah you're right 
Yeah. That's what made it work so well. I mean, there was a story getting passed around today that was one of my favorites. Like, I don't think I ever saw him do this bit, but it was, he did like a 45 minute set where he, he like ate a banana at the beginning of the set and then crushed and then slipped on the banana, like the peel that he had left there an hour beforehand. Just, that's like one of my favorite jokes of all time now. That's just so fucking smart and like such a long way to such a long way to go for a joke like that it's so yeah. funny and that I, that is where i feel like you can find beauty in the art form of comedy when you like when you put so much consideration uh and i guess artistic merit and choice into such a like gag <laughs> you know exactly that's my favorite type of thing i love that so much yeah that there's like all this buildup for almost an hour to just slip on a banana peel. That's uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he was just a really warm, genuine, good person, and yeah, it's a huge loss. And yeah, so that's been it's been really really hard today because you know it's obviously extremely hard losing him, but it's also been extremely hard not to be able to grieve with everyone in person. Yeah, and it's like. There's, yeah, there's like a little memorial set up for him by Akbar, but, you know, we all want to go to a bar and tell stories and talk about yeah. him and we can't. And that's, that really is the hardest thing I've experienced in this, yeah. this whole thing so far. Yeah, absolutely. And even going by that memorial, it's like, I mean, you can go look at it, but, and, you know, there are some people, but we're all in all staying distance and all wearing masks. Like there's this weird sense of like, or the cops going to come just from us like gathering, like, mm-hmm. you know, well, I just mean, like not being able to hug each other. It's like, yeah. I kind of, I, th- I thought I was going to go and I ended up not cause I didn't have enough time, but I also just was like, Oh, it's just going to be so hard to like not be able to actually hug anybody or, you know? Yeah, it was, it was weird. It, I, I would liken the experience to sort of like just, like going to like a party that you know you're only gonna like drop in at like you're not gonna spend a lot of time Mm -hmm. but the difference is that is you want to right yeah totally yeah i am trying to like i said i'm gonna try and come up with some kind of funny thing to go to go put there overnight i was thinking maybe i'll actually just leave a banana peel because i feel like that would be pretty that'd be great that would be really really (laughs) lovely yeah. Um, anyways, to everybody listening, I would say uh, go watch anything you can find of Richard Bain online. Uh, certainly, any of his stand-up or um, him in the web series Dead Kevin uh, was truly, truly great. Um, yeah, and I hope we uh, remember him uh, fondly. And um, yeah, he was. Yeah, he'll be he'll be missed for sure. Um, you have any, any other a lot of good good memories with him and yeah got to do some comedy festivals together and yeah he was at my house on thanksgiving and you know it's just like yeah it's with that weird thing where yeah someone passes and then you just kind of like rewind and think of all the times you right oh i did want to i mean i wrote i mentioned this story in the thing i wrote but uh my first even encounter with richard bain was stumbling into what was his farewell from Portland show at Suki's open mic. And like, 
I had through a random set of circumstances ended up that open mic hoping I would know somebody to crash at somebody's place because I had nowhere to stay for the first night at, uh, <laughs> at going up to Bridgetown. And like, so I'm already in like kind of a real frazzled mood. I've been up for like 36 hours and like I'm at this strange open mic where I don't know most people. And the one person I did know was like, yeah, it's like not a great open mic, but maybe you'll know somebody. And yet it became this like very warm show where everybody was having this loving tribute to uh, Richard and they were doing some of his bits and they're like, wow, this is, is this the open mic? I mean, this is like fun. And people really <laughs> love this guy, Richard. And then like he took the stage, it was great. It was obviously he was- Yeah, those, um, those moments when comics really come together like that, it's like a very, very special yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, you know, remember maybe you can if you're in LA, uh, at least for the time being, there's a uh, sidewalk memorial to Richard Bain um, by Akbar in Silver Lake. Uh, candles in his picture and perhaps a banana peel will be there. Uh, <laughs> we shall see. Um, I we we've talked a lot about comedy quarantine um, and doing that. Have you been doing any other like a lot of other shows, or have you just been focused on your like podcast uh, that you do, Lady to Lady? Like, what else have you been doing in this time of quarantine to like? I've done yeah, I've done a few other Zoom shows. Like, I did Kate Willett's show. I did Hot Tub. Um, I've done some other random ones, mostly all over Zoom. I think aside from mine. You, oh, I did um, not one of their Instagram one, but you know, it's tough. Like I said, I'm a little zapped from comedy quarantine and mm-hmm. I found it, a, it depends on the day, like, you know, but I found it hard to get my energy up, you know, a lot for other shows. Right. The first Zoom one I ever did was just really awkward because it was just like all, all the pictures I could see of the people watching were like men from like far away and just really creepy. Sure. <laughs> just like the, like, you know, the, they're, cameras down like on their lap and they're looking into the thing it was just really weird and I was like I don't know about this and then also that was right after teenagers had started bombing zooms and stuff so yeah 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 so they were only unmuting people who'd show their face but there were these two kids who I was like okay these are obviously kids who are like coming in to like fuck with everybody you know they just look like like asshole like 14 year old kids and so I started talking shit on them and they like started like like making like licking pussy things into the camera and like stuff wow. you know so it was just a weird experience yeah um but yeah i don't know it's been it's been tiring i don't know though i did a zoom show like a few days ago where like sometimes you'll just have sets where you're like oh wow i was like really on for some reason i don't know where the fuck i came from and that was one where i was like well okay all my jokes are like coming to me well and you know i'm not having any issues so it has definitely been nice to keep up with you know to yeah. not feel rusty because I do, I do feel like I would feel, I can't even imagine what I would feel like if I hadn't done any kind of performing, like any talking on, you know, that live stream thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's been all right. I mean, comedy quarantine is really fun and kind of, now I'm getting into the place where I'm writing new material because before I've just kind of been regurgitating my old stuff and sure. I finally am starting to write new stuff with it. And that's been really nice because I kind of was just relying on you know I've been been doing it so long now that I was like all right I need to write something new right so it's been nice to force myself to write some stuff because I'm not I'm not very I'm pretty much a write on stage person I'm not really good at sitting down and writing anything so yeah that it's getting anything out of me is really nice 
Yeah, that's been a thing uh, I've noticed in doing shows and mics via live stream is like, if you try to go off the cuff, talk extemporaneously or riff, like you, because you don't get that, like that laughter, especially if you're not on Zoom. And even if you are, there's a lag you know, you risk kind of just like going off the rail and just like rambling. Yeah, you kind of don't, don't have that snowball effect of if you're riffing in real life and it's going well and you're like, oh, okay, let me keep going with this. Yeah. So yeah, you kind of just, it, you can't tell if you're doing good at all, but it feels really weird to just kind of be like, oh, I don't know what I'm saying. I, this is a personal thing that I've been curious about. Have you noticed like, like a shift in your timing, like you're talking faster because there's no laughs? Oh, totally. Like I said, it really is like I'm bombing and I'm like tap dancing hard to get, right. you know, and I'm like, okay, well, because it just feels like, yeah, you feel like you're getting zero response. So you're like, let me get to the next thing. Maybe they'll like this. And right. it's very weird. I think I'm finally getting to a place where I'm like being a little more calm about it. I mean, it's been really fun to host with Teresa Lee mm-hmm. because she's been more willing to like try different shit. Right. Like she's not relying on like old material all the time. She's kind of like willing to just like sit there and like work on new stuff and uh so that kind of encouraged me to be like all right like it's okay just fucking say things and like you don't have to feel like you're you know fucking being super entertaining every second or like Mm -hmm. wowing everybody um so yeah that's been good and that's something just in general I've had to like really work on in my stand-up because I would always like silence would be like my least favorite thing so I would just rush all the time Right. And in the last few years, I've really had to try to like, right. you know, take, yeah. take it down a notch. So I think that it's been, it's been good. That's good. I, I, yeah, I think that's just kind of an across the board experience that people are having um, because there's that lack of response. And it, I mean, it's fundamentally changing our art form, which we'll see how that susses out uh, on the other side of this. But um yeah, it's interesting to like, like I've done mics and shows that are like three, five, eight, ten, and the ones that are eight and ten, like I felt okay with my set, but watching other people, I'm like, oh man, this is going like real long, like, like five more than five minutes sometimes is like unless you have something worked out, it like it feels like it's dragging. Yeah, definitely, it really is like for a short format. But I don't know. It's like today we had Judah Freelander on Comedy Quarantine and yeah. he did like a long bit just because he was pretty much doing, he was like, I'm going to be the president. Like, what are your questions for my, you know, so he was just replying to questions. Right. So that kind of worked because it was something new consistently. And people and he interact. does that so well and has done specifically that for years. Right. Uh, so he, that's like a, yeah, a different thing, but yeah, that worked. But yeah, you're right. We Ours are like seven minutes and I think that's kind of like the like yeah. top of what you want to yeah. see people kind of start to peter out and be like, okay, what am yeah. I doing? Unless you're, I mean, yeah, if you're working out material uh, for like, like Jackie Cation has been doing, working on an hour, I'm sure other people are working it. Like Maria has been working out a half hour of her material, mm-hmm. but there's like a point to it and they're actually going through stuff as opposed to like, I mean, it's just so easy. Like I was saying to ramble if you don't have laughter railing you in. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're uh, just about um, done here. Uh, I, I mean, we kind of gone through it a little bit, but do you have any specific 
predictions for comedy going forward, post-pandemic, whatever uh, you want to call it. Um, and it could be as something as small as like, I don't know, maybe people are going to do shows a cappella. Um, maybe somebody... Acapella. What does that mean? Like no microphone. Oh, oh, interesting. Huh. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do, I've always hated not having, like, when I don't have a mic, but this has, I didn't even think about that. It's just kind of, but I'm holding my phone. I kind of like that about our show is that you hold your phone during, doing, during it and it's a little more intimate, you know, than, sure. than Zoom. Um, yeah. So maybe my phone is kind of acting like my mic. Uh, yeah. I think the biggest prediction, at least for me personally, as a comic who has always kind of been like an old school, like, go to mics, like, you know, work it out. I think like understanding that there is value in, you know, streaming and, and like doing comedy on the internet. And there obviously is, I just kind of didn't want to deal with it or admit it to myself, I guess, you know, I wasn't right. forced to do it. Right. So I think that this number of comics, like realizing that there is a benefit to that, that they can reach a larger audience that, right. you know, it can be beneficial. I think that's going to be like the biggest change yeah. that we see. Yeah. I agree. I think piggybacking off of that, I, uh, it, it has definitely forced all of us to be more creative. Um, you know, and I mean, it's, it's weird, you know, uh, I'm sure you've heard some version of this sort of like, um, maxim of kill your darlings of, you know, when you're like trying to be creative, like don't hold anything too precious. And, uh, now is definitely a time where like, all right, if you're going to try something at all, you just try it. Who cares? <laughs> like it's, it's, you know, if it's going to fail, it's fine because there, what else are you doing right now? Um, and so in totally. the idea I feel like there's a double whammy of that. Cause like the world feels like it's mm -hmm. like, okay, who knows what the fuck happens after this? Like we have nothing, you know, you kind of right. have to be like, all right, I better do the thing I want to do because Jesus Christ, what's going on? So, Right. And uh, I think a combination of being a little more confident to just like take those chances and being more creative with whatever people do on Twitch or how you guys do Instagram live with comedy quarantine and making it like, hey, this feels like a show. Um. <laughs> Like, I think that's only going to be for the better as, you know, I'm sure we're going to have to go going for integrate both live in person performance with like broadcasting it out to someone somewhere. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think your idea is really good. I hope people do adapt that because that's probably the best way to do yeah. it. Yeah. And if anybody listening to that does adapt it that way, please uh, have me involved so I get paid. Yes, you know, paid. God damn it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to a fault, I like being altruistic, but uh, Jesus Christ, give me. No, I know. I mean, that's what I meant, kind of with like the, I'm kind of like the no. I've got to, I'll drive, you know, to Long Beach for no money for blah 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 because that's what comedy is, and it's like, all right, fuck off. Like you deserve to get paid. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's another thing. I don't think that'll happen anymore. What do you, what, that, you think like not getting paid or just the... No, like, like the idea of like coming out of this, at least our class, 
and people around us are like, oh, I don't think I'm going to just drive to Long Beach for no money anymore. Yeah, I'm going to have a real hard time doing that. It's it's definitely been like... Like it'll have to be a... Where I'm just like, oh, this is... This is why people come from other scenes to LA and they're like, what the fuck is this? Because actually we're getting like paid, you know, minimal, at least minimal amounts to do what we're right. doing. So yeah, it, it's going to be, I can't say I'm not going to do that because I don't fucking know what's going to happen, but it's, I'm definitely not going to like book myself on just any like show in the right. middle of nowhere. Yeah, to do that, you'd have to like, it'd have to be a benefit. You'd have to know there'd like be a big crowd, like it'd be like worth it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's hard though because sometimes you get on those shows and you think it's not, you think it's going to be that show and then it's not. But the odds are you usually can tell when it's just going to be like worthless. Yeah. I mean, you know, you start seeing the flyer and they say we have LA's hottest comics that are on Comedy Central, HBO. And it's like, no, you don't. Because <laughs> none of us describe us as the hottest comics. No. <laughs> like, I mean, what I'm really curious about is like, the indie venues you know i'm really sad because the airliner was like keyed up to be like the best yeah new east side venue and it was open for a month and then it just you know i highly doubt they're going to survive this i mean the landscape of la of men a lot of cities is just going to change because all these small businesses aren't going to be able to come back and that really freaks me out and i don't know what you know i i love sauce and and stuff but we were very ready to move on from desano because it was just setting up that show was a huge pain in the ass and a lot of right. work and we were like fuck yeah the airliner's all set up it's a great showroom right. this is our next you know evolving of the show and then it's just right. like fuck yeah so i don't know what I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with you know like those indie venues after this yeah i i'm curious too um the things haven't been necessarily uh outlined yet but me as the comedy bureau i'm going to try to put a virtual sort of town hall roundtable for people that are club bookers and artistic directors at theaters and indie comedy producers and kind of trying to get the scene on the same page and see what we, where we are, how things might move forward um, in a way where we're not um, calling people fascistic. And so, (laughs) um, yeah, because I think like the only way that we're going to come back quicker in addition to everything else that has to be done is like being on the same page you know right yeah if there's gonna be like a rogue show or mic where they're not they're like you know gonna be thinking they're like a cool speakeasy for not doing mass or whatever that's gonna like fuck up everything no you're right i think it's really smart to get everyone on the same page about that and hopefully that can happen yeah I hope so too. Um, anyhow, uh, that has been this episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Uh, thank you so much for being on, Barbara. Um, where can people find you online? Or is there anything else you would like to plug or mention? Um, yeah, you can listen to my podcast, Lady to Lady. The bonus about being in quarantine is we've gotten some guests on who couldn't say no because we know they're stuck inside their house. So yeah. we have, um, <laughs> Aisha Tyler, uh, Jimmy Pardo. Nice. Recently. No, I'm like blinking, but some awesome comics. Um, oh, Crisella, Alonzo. Mm-hmm. And so that's been really fun lately. And um, you can check that out. We come out on Wednesdays and we've been around for a while. And 
people. Yeah. And I mean, I can't wait for live stuff to come back because the live lady to lady shows are so fun. Um, There's no other way I would have seen some of my favorite male comedians have to do a fashion show in diapers if it weren't for lady to lady. (laughs) I know. I really miss We That's what sucks too. We were just gearing up to bring that back like at the airliner. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I mean, we were doing like our stand-up show, but we were kind of, you know, gonna integrate like our 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 talk show too. So, yeah, I miss I miss that. So yeah, check out Ladies Lady. It's a it's just like a generally it's me it's me and two other female comics, and we usually have a fourth funny lady on. It's sometimes a guy, you know, it's all over the place, but it's uh, it's a good time. It's been around for a while, and um, then yeah, Comedy Quarantine is Monday through Friday at seven p- seven p.m. Pacific, uh, ten p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. and there's you know four comics in every show like i said it's a fast show and it's really fun yeah. and um my name is babs gray on twitter and instagram so you can follow me there and find all my other stuff and i am finishing this fucking album at some point so it'll be coming out on a special thing <laughs> someday awesome. <laughs> what's it called do you have a title it's called, it's called if i did it um, <laughs> Man, what a what a great way to encourage yourself. If I did it, <laughs> like staring at you at a file folder all day long. Uh, yep. Yeah, I know. I know exactly. So, <laughs> um, if I did it, we'll come out on a special thing, hopefully in the next month. So that's wonderful. Um, I'm Jake Kroger. Uh, I run the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau across platforms at the Comedy Bureau. Um, you can find me on Twitter at MFJ Kroger and on Instagram at not the supermarket. That's mostly just my outfits. Um, you can support the comedy bureau as it needs uh, plenty of support on GoFundMe and Patreon and on Venmo and all of that will be mentioned in the show notes. Um, oh yeah. Week one of quarantine for me, uh, on get rich, Nick. Uh, one of the Knicks was like they were going over who's like fucked in like comedy because of like everything shutting down and I was like the first name (laughs) they're like Jake he's like fucked like the comedy bureau he's like oh my god and that was like welcome to quarantine Jake (laughs) that's hilarious yeah it's um it's weird to Yeah, to hear your being name checked on a podcast in a negative way is like having 3D glasses at a movie, and then it's like, wait, what, I'm in the movie now. <laughs> yeah, it was not fun. Anyways, please uh, support because um, I I want to keep the comedy beer going, and certainly I get to cover comedy globally, and there are mics listed from all over the country and shows from around the world now because um, everything's happening everywhere. Um, is there anything you'd like to say as we, uh, before we sign off? Um, just, uh, yeah. Rest in peace, Richard Bain. And thank you, Jake. It was really good to see you. Really good to see you. Um, I'd like to say, uh, as I always do, comedy is still happening. And, uh, as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. Tommy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Ronnie Guineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.